Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday people share real and personal stories. Some are profound and challenging, while others are more common and relatable, shared with honesty and humor. But all of these stories reveal what God can do in our lives when we trust Him with the details. Thanks for joining us. everyone. This is your host, Kelly, from the Storytellers Live team, and we are so glad that you have chosen to join us today. On each episode, you'll hear a different woman share her story of God's transforming love. And these stories are recorded in a live setting at weekly local gatherings where we're aiming to build community through sharing, connecting, and encouraging one another. Most importantly, these stories reveal the faithfulness of God and how He can take what's ordinary or broken and exchange it for extraordinary and redeemed. Today's story was recorded at the exciting launch of one of our new Storytellers Live communities in Jackson, Mississippi. Jackson is one of eight cities which now have a local gathering, and you can find more information on our social media account. If you go to our Instagram account, at Storytellers Live Podcast, then you can see a list of the cities and how you can follow those individual cities' accounts. So if you live in one of those areas, you can actually attend one of the local gatherings and uh, follow them for announcements. But the quick rundown of the cities is Memphis, Tennessee, Jackson, Mississippi, Statesboro, Georgia, Katy, Texas, Tallahassee, Florida. And of course, we've got our two Birmingham communities as well as Auburn. Our storyteller today is Stacy, And as I said, she shared in Jackson and she talks about what she has learned when life didn't go as she planned. Through several disruptions and detours in Stacy's plan, she discovered that pride was a roadblock in her journey of learning to trust God. Listen to her story to hear how God stamped out her fear with faith. Here is Stacy. So, um, my name is Stacy Sego, and um, I'll tell you um, when they first asked me, I was um, humbled. Honestly, I was, but. I get excited to tell my story because it's a good one. Like, there's just such good fruit at the end. Um, But it's hard to get there. And so um, it's just a good story because it's a God story. I think, too, because we all struggle with stuff. I think there's a lot of times in life that we're just not real or we're we're scared or we're we're, um, scared to tell our story for acceptance or, or... or judgment. Um, I just think it's it's comforting to know that we all have a story. We all have things going on, and um, this just happens to be mine. And so I'm thankful to be able to, to be here. So a little bit of um, my story is um, background to lead up to what I feel like really the richness of what God's done in my life. Um, I've been married to my husband for 20 years. And um, he's the love of my life. I mean, just my soulmate. Um, I'm from a small town, North Mississippi. Um, Small town girl. My daddy was the high school principal and just sort of leave it to beaver world. And um, simple. Life was just simple the way I I was raised. So we lived in Galveston, Texas for about five years. And in that time, David was in residency and and I was teaching. and, And I just... And I know we all have this um, this thing. It's called our plan. Like I got a I got a plan, and 
my plan was I was going to teach a little bit, and I was going to have me some babies, and this is just going to be great. Like, it was just, it was just going to be great. Well, that didn't really happen. So, in our uh, season of Galveston, I was teaching in a public school, and children would just come to me daily, and they were hungry. Their teeth were not fed, you know, teeth were not brushed. They had not eaten breakfast. They, you know, didn't have socks, had blisters on their feet, and I just remember God, I don't, I don't get it, right? Like, I mean, I don't, I don't understand why I cannot get pregnant. Like, this, this really isn't my plan here. I mean, I, I don't understand what's going on. And this went on for, for years. And year by year, I just kept thinking, I mean, pride, right? Um, I did not understand why. I saw mamas having baby after baby after baby after baby. And I'm sitting there going, God, I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't understand why. So then fear creeps in, um, past creeps in, and you think, okay, well, I guess I'm not worthy. I guess I, I, guess I, I never will have kids. Maybe I'll just teach forever, and they'll, I'll love them through my classroom, and I guess that's it, right? So the blessing of being in Galveston was that we were, um, I taught in a, in a little place called Dickinson, Texas. And Dickinson is in between Houston and Galveston. And it was um, ironic because back in the day, and this is going to show a little bit of my age, but this was, Beth Moore had not become very big. And Beth Moore was doing Bible study. She was in the middle of writing um, Breaking Free Bible study. And a lot of you may have done that. <clears throat> so we were sort of her guinea pigs on Thursday nights, and she would do a little weekly Bible study. Now, when I say small, like, it, we were still in a sanctuary, and there's still, like, hundreds of people, but it was her intimate way. It was like she was working through her own breaking free. It was as the book was getting um, written. So, when Thursday night I go, and, and I, I just felt led to, I, I, I was heavy. I mean, I'm going to be honest, I was angry. I mean, it had been about four years of... Um, just a longing for a child, and I was angry. I was so mad, and <sighs> sorry. So um, I get down to the Bible study. I don't know. And there's usually a group of us that went teachers, and this one particular night, no one went but me. And <clears throat> the whole night was on surrender. And I thought, okay, and it was on pride. I was like, I am prideful. Oh, I am, right? Because I thought I deserved this to have a child. So I went down front. Beth Moore laid her hands on me. And there was, I mean, there was a group of us, you know, that had gone down front. And she went by everybody and prayed. And I'll never forget it. It, 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 it stuck with me to this day. So I drove home. David had worked late, and the next morning I woke up as usual to go to school. I didn't sleep very much that night, and y'all, I was sick, physically sick. Called my school, I couldn't go in. David had left her work already, and I came off the bed, and I got on my knees, and I just wept. And if you've ever carried something so heavy that you're like, anymore. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. 
I can't carry it. I'm done. I surrender. I surrender my own um, desire, my own plan. Okay, whatever you have for me, I'm in. I'm in. Sign me up. So if you just want me to be a teacher forever and love on these babies, I will. Um, If you want me to adopt, I will. Whatever you want me to do, I I will. I'll surrender. And um, I'm going to be honest, we were pregnant with our son four weeks later. True story. And um, so he's our little miracle baby through all of that. So God was so faithful. He just needed me to surrender. Get over yourself. He's telling me. And it's me. He's like, it's me. Get over yourself. It's not, I I got good stuff for you, sister. But you you gotta step aside. And so I did. So we moved back to Mississippi. Um, I have another, a little second baby, a little girl. And then I get pregnant with a third one. And she's our little surprise. And our little spunky one. And, um, And I just thought, we are good. Like, David's growing his practice. And I mean, my dream, everything. Like, this is, this is what my whole desire's been, right? It's just, it's good. We're good. And David had an accident. And almost most of y'all in here lived that through me, with me. And um, it, it rocked my world. And at that time, I said, oh, <laughs> okay, you've given me all that I've prayed for. And now, like, you're going to... I mean, he, he's almost died twice. He choked, and then, what? And then he got hit by a car. I, I, I don't even know what y'all fear. And anxiety is a real thing. And it hit me hard. And um, I started battling with some just, I never wanted my kids in the car with him. I thought, oh, gosh, the third time's the charm. Something's going to happen. Or, you know, he's... He, I really fear is uh, it just took over. It took over my soul. It took over my mind. Um, anxiety. I, w- I would wake up in the middle of the night thinking I'm going to be a single mother. Like, you know, um, what if I would have been a single mom? I would have delivered Ellie, and so I just I did. I dealt with a lot of a lot of stuff. And at that time, I was involved in everything. I mean, Miss Cena, like I was, I was in it. Like the Bible studies and everything. And um, I stopped it all. I pulled out, and and it was me and Jesus. And uh, we lived over here in Arbor Landing, and I had a beautiful wraparound front porch, and God began again. Okay, sister, you were a little bit on autopilot, and you were sort of cruising along those couple of years. Guess what? It's back to me and you. And um, he began working in me again, but I can't have fear and I can have faith at the same time. They don't, they don't go inside. Um, so he started working through that. And I started running a lot during that time just to sort of probably just go away from my kids a little bit. I'll be honest. I just don't need a break. But um, anyway, so I started running and just, a, just sanity. And um, Dave and I were training for a marathon. And it's so cool because every time I pass over um, that causeway, I, I feel like that's, it's just such a special place. One day, David stopped me. We were, we were running. We stopped over to get some water. And he goes, so, y'all keep in mind, this is only like probably a year and a half, two years after his accident, right? We have three kids. Um, God is 
worked my way through some sanity. I'm, I'm feeling like I'm a little bit more sane now and sort of getting it together. And um, I'm good. Y'all, I'm good. I'm, I'm done. Like, stick a fork in me. This is all I can handle. I'm good. And he says, you know that time in Galveston when we used to talk about adopting? What, what do you think about that? I think you're crazy. <laughs> I'm done. No, no, like, done. I'm done. I'm good. So, y'all, it'd be like a month later, and he was like, I'm going to be honest. I had this precious family in my office today, and they had this baby, and they'd be adopted. I don't care. I don't talk to me. <laughs> I'm done. No, y'all, I, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm so done. And so, and I was living in such disobedience, no joke. I would be sitting at the at the counter, and they started using my kids. Like I was sitting at the at the kitchen, and we had this huge island, and there were four little chairs. And Brian would be like, "There's always an extra chair. We just need another kid." No, we don't. No, have you seen your mama's right? And then like we'd go out to dinner, and sure enough, we'd say, you know, party of five, and no joke, it, Mary Grace, Brian, David would be like. We always got an extra chair to give somebody. I mean, it was always like this running joke that there was like always an extra chair, right? Because there's always a table of six. So, I mean, right? Even numbers. And so finally one day I woke, I was in on my porch and I just felt God saying, you are disobedient. Listen to me and call so-and-so. So I did. I called Allison Smeltzer and I said, okay. So I just need to know your story, and I need to know where to start, because I don't think God's going to let me go. Like, this is really bugging. Like, everybody thinks this is a great idea, but me. Like, and I'm going to be the one having to, you know. Mm. So um, <laughs> this is a true story. I'm just being real. So um, I called her. I said, who did y'all use? She used all God's children. I called all God's children that day. I said, just send me the paperwork. Still, y'all, I'm telling you, I was still like, this will never happen. So then we start, get, start getting excited. Like, okay, I think this really might happen. Like, they start sending us all these pamphlets, and we fill out all the paperwork, which is like a whole nother story. And we get it all in, and they're like, oh, this will probably happen in a year. It's like, oh, this is awesome. We are go- Y'all, how does everybody feel about this? And everybody's like, oh, this is great. This is great. This is great. And um, we thought we were going to get us a little dark skin baby. It was going to just be a beautiful thing. And they said, what about China? And David and I were like, well, I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Like, that's fine. They were like, do you want a boy or girl? We were like, I'm just telling y'all. Like, when I talked to the lady, she thought I was crazy. Because we had, I said, I, we don't, we, I don't know. We don't have a country. We don't have a preference of boy and girl. I'm just filling out the paperwork because I feel like that's what I'm called to do. I have no... It's because I've heard Kimberly talk, tell the story, you know, of, of the of the twins and that God spoke to y'all about that. I had nothing. Like, I'm just here to, it's a place like, I know they probably thought I was an idiot. So, y'all, uh, the year went by, nothing. And I said, I thought, okay. Another year went by, nothing. Crickets. Seriously. And so then another year goes by. And I thought, here we go again. The Lord had already done this to me. Right? So, once again, I'm in the wait. And this is the verse that he gave to me. 
and y'all are all going to get this at the end, and this is good. It's in Isaiah, and it's 43, um, 18. It says, do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Behold, I am going to do something new, and it will spring forth, and you're going to be aware of it. I'm going to make a roadway in the wilderness and a river in the desert. I'm trying to see this. Like, this is how many times over the years since I have dates out to the side um, of this verse. And so I read it, and I thought, okay, no, I don't see it. He says, don't you see it? I was like, no, I don't. I don't see it. I, I I don't see it. But we had already gone through this wrestling of fear, and we had already gone through the wrestling of faith. And I said, I'm not going back through that. Because that was, I, I was not where God wanted me to be. So I said, okay. Okay. Once again, I'm going to surrender. And I'm going to wait, y'all. I, I'm not real patient. My friends are here. I'm not. Like, I'm, I'm not. Like, I, I, I want it now. Or I want to do it. I'm a goer. I'm, I'm a doer. Like, it was hard for me to wait and to be content. Because in the wait where the enemy comes in and he says are you sure you heard God really you sure about that you sure um you're not worthy of that you're, you're not going to do that that's not who do you think you are right you start hearing all these little voices um I got frustrated anxiety started creeping in again thinking y'all I'm so old I'm thinking I could be so Lord, after every year, I'm like calculating how old I'm going to be when this baby graduates high school. I'm going to be with my walker, right? Like I, that's a true story too. So I really, I just couldn't understand. Once again, I start questioning God and he's like, "Mm -mm. I I got something new. Just, just, just hold on. So in August of 2016, we got a call and our agency said, um, we have a file that just came out, and we think y'all are going to love it. Not her. They didn't say love her or love him, because we had no idea. Boy, like, again, we had no idea what we were getting. We didn't know. And I said, okay, we'll send it over. We're in the car. We're on speakerphone. I was like, just send it over. And they said, okay, well, when you see the top of it, you're going to know, and y'all are going to laugh. So once you read the file, just call me, let me know, and we'll send you the picture. And I said, okay. And y'all, at the very top, it said spirited. <laughs> y'all should go look at my Facebook post today. I'm my baby dancing. <laughs> so spirited, that's what it said. She was labeled that from our agency. And we read it, and we said, oh. That's her. That's mine. She's mine. That, I need her. She's mine. So I, we called immediately. We're like, we want her. That's my baby. And they said, well, you've not even seen this picture of her. We're like, we don't care. We don't care. She's mine. That's my baby. I want her. So this was in August. So I'm thinking, man, we're going to get that baby. Like, let's go. Give me a passport. I'm there. Like, give me a ticket. Like, we are there. Y'all, I want y'all to know it was eight months. <laughs> it was eight months. Okay, so there we go again. So we go back to the wait, and we waited. And, and during that time, I will say, it was just such the Lord. I mean, he was so good. And, y'all, he was so faithful. There were a lot of factors. The Lord kept sp- speaking to me and David saying, um, simplify, 
simplify, simplify. And so we sold our house. We had nowhere to go. We moved in with my in-laws. We bought a house across the street from them. Never say never. <laughs> reiterate that. Never say never. Um, so we, and it's great. It's actually such a blessing, honestly. But um, it actually is. But we, so we had to change our address. And if you know anything about adoption, that, that sort of puts a little, little, little damper on things a little bit with your paperwork. So, um, but then also the biggest blessing was that our agency, when we um, signed in with All God's Children, we paid to have a foster family for her. So when we got matched with her, y'all, this precious couple took her. And they loved her. And they took her to the park. And they put her in a stroller. And this baby had been living in a baby bed for two years. And, gosh, kills me, but there's 400 babies in this orphanage. She just lived there. And I'm thinking, this baby is spirited. Can you imagine how she probably drove those people crazy? Like, I can only see her trying to shake her like jail and get me out of jail. I can only imagine what she did. And um, this, these, this couple, they were a Christian couple, and they owned a bakery. And if y'all have seen my baby, my baby big. Now, she's not quite as big a woman. That baby was be junky. Like, she liked to eat. And so she lived, y'all, at this, at, with this family who owned a bakery. And in that time, in that eight months, God was so faithful because he needed her to adjust. He needed her out of that crib. And he needed her in a family setting to get ready because can, I can't imagine her coming from a crib to my family. She would be in culture shock, I'm going to be honest. But um, so there was, there was um, purpose. There was purpose. And once again, in that wait of that eight months, the Lord gave me the verse again. And, and I'm telling you, when, I'm, when I tell you who gave me the verse, like Chip, would, would this, we were at Pineland, and he would preach on that. Or I had these little Bible cards that like somebody, a friend had given me and I kept them in my kitchen and it would be the verse. I promise you, like that week that I'm like struggling, that would be the verse. I'd open my Bible and that would be the verse. It was, I'd hear it on Caleb. Like, okay, Lord, I get it. I get it. I get it. And I'm going to read it again just because you're going to see it come full circle. If I can get through it. Um, Do not call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past, but behold, I'm doing something new. It's going to spring forth and you're going to be aware of it. And I'm going to make a roadway in the wilderness and I'm going to make rivers in the desert. So here comes the good part. Um, We, after our eight month wait, and, and I'm, I'm the eight month, there was purpose, but there was also some enemy, um, enemies real. And I just felt like I needed to say that. That really wasn't even part of my talk. But I thought my, my friends know, like, I broke my foot right before I left. Um, my husband missed his flight. He was carrying all the money because I had the broken foot. I was in the wheelchair. My friend Jennifer over here was, like, having to figure out if he's on a flight, where is he? Y'all, it was, it, the enemy was real. And um, so I don't want to sugarcoat to say it was all roses because it was tough. But it was good because I knew, like, oh, we're about to get her. And so during that excitement, you, you almost just, you forget about everything. It's like when you give birth and you just, you just forget about all the pain because you're just like, oh, like, it's 
coming. Like, it's coming. So um, we go to the Great Wall of China right when we flew in. And we took all of our children. We wanted everybody to go to see her. And that was a that was a um, something we had prayed about diligently. Like, do we take our kids? Do we not take our kids? Do we take our kids? Do we not? And and a lot of people do things differently. And um, for us, we felt like we needed to take our children because they were old enough to grasp um, where she was from and and her background and to have such grace for her because some days are tough. Right? And sometimes she talks a lot. And sometimes you just have to give her some grace because she is who she is and she's spirited. So we are on the Great Wall of China. And um, we I can't walk, hence I have a broken foot and toe. And um, everybody's just scalping and dancing. And I'm just hanging out on the wall just like out of all times I have a broken foot. Really? At the Great Wall of China? That's fine. So I turn, and y'all, I see this picture. And um, no one around me got it. No, no one even realized it was even a big deal. And I stopped, and I, I stared at this tree. And this tree was coming out of the wall, okay? And off the tree, branches were blooms. Okay, so this is not the best picture, hence I took it with my phone as I'm bawling. Okay, hence this is David Sego down at the bottom. And so here's the tree. There are no roots. There's no roots. You can't see. I mean, the fact that this tree is growing and it's, I mean, y'all, these were like beautiful white blooms. Stared at this, and the Lord said, Do you see? Do you see? I'm making a roadway, I'm making a river, I'm making the blooms out of this, I'm making beauty from ashes, and I'm making beauty from brokenness. Do you see? And I, y'all, I just, I'm, I'm weeping. My kids are like, what? Nobody got it. David didn't even get it because it wasn't, it wasn't David's word. He had another word. It wasn't, that wasn't his word, but this was what God said, y'all, years ago. And he, as clear as day, said, if you would not have gone through your infertility, sister, you wouldn't be here. This would not have happened. You would not see. If you would not have gone in the valley, you would not be where I need you today. And I was like, I get it. I get it. Um, I, I got gotcha. you. I'm on board now, right? After all that wrestling, I get it. So I'm just, I'm weeping. Um, so we get our angel. Um, we got our baby, and there's a picture of her right over there um, on our family photo. But to catch her personality, you probably just need to go to my Facebook page and just watch her dance and watch her joy because there's probably nothing else like it in the world. Um, but this is really where I wanted to end. I just, 
think the biggest thing is God is faithful. He never let me stay where I was, ever. He didn't let me stay there. And I think of the, um, actually at church this Sunday, they were talking about the the sheep, right? The 99. God goes after that one because it matters. I mattered. He did not leave me where I was because he had purpose. He had purpose in my brokenness. He had purpose in my heartache. He had purpose in my frustration. And when I shook my fist, he, he never gave up on me. As yuck as I was, he didn't. Because the fruit of that and the, and the, and the beauty from all of that and the, and the beauty and the brokenness is this child that would never be here had all of that not happened in, in my life. And um, I'm just thankful. And um, I think also, just to reiterate, you can't have faith with fear. You, you, they don't go hand in hand. Um, fear's a real thing. Um, it is. And I mean, even today, you know, I, you know, I, I was telling this earlier, you know, even today, something will happen um, and I have to speak truth in myself to say, I'm, I'm not listening to the enemy because I, I know truth and I have to stand on it. And um, I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not, I'm not going to, because that's not what God wants of me. So um, I have the Bible verse um, in Isaiah that... Um, just for y'all to take home. It's just a great, it's a great verse of promise that he is doing good stuff. No matter if you see it or not, he's working and he's faithful and he's not going to leave you out there by yourself. Even when we feel like it, even if we can't see it, that's my story. That's all I got. I love the verse that Stacy shared, Isaiah 43, 18. He makes a roadway in the wilderness and a river in the desert. God can do the impossible. He can take us places we never imagined going. And he reassures us that he's with us. In fact, he often goes to great lengths to let us know that he's with us. And it might be through a Bible verse that keeps popping up or a song lyric, or the entire storyteller's team, we find feathers constantly and are always sending pictures of them to each other because they're reminders that God is going before us and He is with us and He is faithful. We serve a God who is purposeful and He meets us right where we are. Next Wednesday, we'll have another new story to share, so be sure to subscribe to whatever platform you use. That way you'll be reminded when the episode releases and you'll have an automatic download of that episode. You can also get the latest news and announcements on social media or our website, which is storytellerslive.org. Thank you, friends, for choosing to listen to Storytellers Live today, and we hope that you'll join us again soon. Take care.